welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. No, I am not Rachel Wagner. She is on vacation. I am Cami Clements, a member of the Hallmarkies podcast team, but you still have Mr. Randy Carter back. Hi, Randy. Hi, Cami. How are you? Doing great. How are you? Very good. Uh, it's good to be back. Uh, yeah. Without, without yeah. Rachel, this is my first time without Rachel, so we'll see how see how it goes. <laughs> it's his first time without Rachel. How am I going to measure up, Hallmarkies? We'll see. <laughs> oh, oh no! It's how am I going to measure up to you? Trust me. It's, oh, it's not about, it's not about tables. Yes. <laughs> well, we are here to cover Good Witch episodes two and three of season seven, The Shell and The Delivery. So let's dive in. We got left off with George appearing and saying, we need to have a talk. <laughs> so, I, that um, was crazy. I, I George is one of my favorite characters on the show and I was so yeah. excited and so like curious what they were going to do. And I, I love that he's involved and I love the sort of backstory, but it's a little bit of a stretch that he knew Cassie's great-grandmother. Okay, okay. I am so glad you said that because I thought the exact same thing. I said, wait a minute, hold the phone. That means that we are going back to pre-2008 when right. the first movie came out and he had no idea who she was. And now all of a sudden he knew her great grandmother. It just didn't make any sense to me. And I thought if you have diehard Good Witch fans watching the series, which obviously you do you because do. they were fans of the movie. So you turn them into a series. I, I thought that was a little bit of a stretch as I mean, well. I love the idea of getting George involved, but having him, you know, like replacing that sort of backstory, because now that means that like long before Cassie ever came to town, I mean, when she first came to town, Greyhouse was like in disrepair, like it'd been a hundred yes. years since anybody had lived there. But we're supposed to believe George, who's not a hundred years old, uh, is, is younger than that, yeah. was taking care of the place for her great grandmother. It just, it doesn't make any, a lot of sense. So we'll see how that goes forward. I do want to say one thing. You could, yeah. Maybe I'm the only one that cares about these things. No, go but for like, it. They mentioned that Cassie's great-grandmother is Laurel, and yeah. that's also Joy's great-grandmother, mm -hmm. which means that they are the same generation, which means they have to be second cousins. Previously, they had said that Joy's mother was Cassie's second cousin. Nobody cares about this, I think, except for me. But <laughs> Uh, that means Joy's mother has to be Cassie's first cousin once removed. And that puts Joy and Cassie on the same generation because they have the same great grandmother. That's how cousins work. No, again, no one cares about that for me, but I wanted to put that out there. I thought, I <laughs> thought that they, I thought they were first cousins. I, but I could be completely remembering wrong. She mentioned that, that Joy's intention. mother was her second cousin, but it should huh. be her first cousin once removed. Um, in, in any event, um, <laughs> so there's the sand, this the supernatural sand, as I call it, which is, yeah. I, I love the fact that this is sand from the Merowick farm in England. In England. Boy, I would love an episode someday where they like go back and visit. Yeah. That farm. Wouldn't that be great? It would be. Um, and, but then we, throughout the rest of the episode, we, 
and frankly, into the next episode we'll get to, there's nothing more about these bags of sand. No, it talks about it at the very beginning. And I love, you know how in classic mysteries, the butler always did it? Well, here, the handyman did it. (laughs) And I was in, when I was in college, I was in a, a spoof of Agatha Christie and it was called something's afoot and the first one to die the first one to die was the butler and so we had this entire song called something's afoot and the butler didn't do it so (laughs) so that whole thing of the handyman did it made me giggle so george is great i love george in every scene he's in I know he's such an endearing character and he's been there since the very beginning. He's the only one besides Cassie who has been there from start to current. Martha. Martha. Has also been there. Martha's the only person who's been in every single episode of Good Witch besides Cassie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And you know, everyone loves Martha. (laughs) Everyone loves Martha. And believe me, I have plenty to say about Martha in the next oh. minute. <laughs> so just, just to wrap up this thing about the sand, we don't yeah. hear more about the sand, but but Joy figures out that the, the little symbol on the shell that she found on the island, that the uh-huh. J or whatever is supposed to be some sort of protection thing. Yeah. But which, I mean, I don't know where that's going, but again, we then spent this next whole episode, episode you know three, without mentioning it virtually at all. There I know. I think it's to hold our attention, you know, and it's to and it's to get us to watch until the next episode, because I've seen that happen before when they leave something at the very end of an episode and then they skip an episode and then go back to it. So that's not incredibly uncommon, but it is strange to do. I do think. Yes, I, I agree with you there. And, you know, and it's funny because George says that she never told me what they were for the pouches of dirt, but she said, figuring it out was part of your journey. And this whole pouches of dirt storyline is definitely taking us on a journey well this is obviously going to be the storyline that's going to carry us through the season i mean like yeah. I said, we'll have a couple of episodes where they barely mention it if they mention it at all and then it'll come back and it'll be you know the thing that carries us through towards the end of the season i suspect so we'll see where, where it's going yeah okay Let's talk about the double D's, Donovan and Daniel, for a second. <laughs> for a minute, I wasn't sure what you were talking about, but okay. Uh, let's let's talk about them. Um, oh goodness, Daniel's Daniel's okay. I'm not a huge fan of of, of Daniel. Um, I mean, so he, they had him lose his. He lost his job. He's like yep. this political consultant, and yeah, he got. Fired. <laughs> right. Right. Because he posted, was it because he posted something accidentally online, which is he very... posted the strategy for the campaign. Right. And, and so all the competitors could see it. Yeah. Right. And then uh, I don't know if we saw much of him in, 
the rest of this episode, although they did, they made up eventually, like now they're going to be friends and we'll see how long that lasts. Well, the big reason why they became friends is because they had it out at the family dinner. So right. let's, let's talk about that family dinner for a second. It just, oh man, I, I don't know about you, but I come from a family where I have five older brothers and I'm the only girl. So if my brothers want to tell me something, they tell my mom and then she tells me. And so I'm I'm from a family where there's a lot of go between. So what about what about your family dynamic? Do you and your siblings just talk things out or how, uh, how do you guys handle it? <laughs> I, I, I think so. I mean, I only have one. I have one sister uh-huh. like, growing up, growing up. So there was just the two of us growing up. And um, I mean, nothing, everything was pretty much uh, uh, put out there. I don't think there, there was never any trying to, to hide things. My, my thing about this, uh, this dynamic with Donovan and Daniel is it's so obvious that Dottie had set them up to be so competitive. It's Who like, had the best day? I mean, come on. What mother in, the, in their right mind would do that? Oh, Someone right. who's unhappy with her own life and wants her children I, to be, you know, nothing but like uber successful and uber successful in a, su- in a superficial way, as opposed to like, are you happy? When you're that, are you what did what made you happy today would be the better question as yes, opposed to what happened that was good for you today right. that oh man I know and it was my way of encouraging the spirit of competition between the boys I just I absolutely love how Martha we talked about how much we love Martha I absolutely love how how Martha set her straight and she wasn't even trying she well, was, I'll tell you, you the thing, the thing that I absolutely loved about Martha is because, you know, Martha and, and, and Dottie have this relationship, this very sort of adversarial relationship. Yeah. So Dottie shows up at her office, I believe. And it was like, and at first they're sort of sniping at each other a little bit like yeah. they do. And as soon as Martha realized that Dottie had a real problem and she was like, oh, you know, I'm having this problem. Martha just with like a light switch turned into how can I help you? Yeah, which I love. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, it's like all the other stuff is, you know, that's fun little poking at each other. But when there's a real problem, she's there to help, which is what makes Martha so great. Right. Yeah, exactly. But I just I had I had to laugh out loud when Dottie asks, did you ever get your boys to compete? Heavens no. Fourth them to compete would have been forcing them apart and then immediately like you said she sees that Dottie is downcast of course every parenting style is different (laughs) it was so funny how she sets her straight without even trying this time because in the past she's tried really hard to set her straight and now she's not even trying and she's trying to make her feel better but she's still setting her straight and it's also nice that Martha is setting people straight instead of everybody setting her straight for once. <laughs> I just I, I love these moments of Martha. Martha is very funny and, and yeah. I mean, the actress is fantastic. And she She's has these great. wonderful, funny moments, which we all love. But mm-hmm. when we get serious and concerned, Martha, those are my favorite moments with her when, yeah. because that makes her real. You know, she's not quite so over the top. I mean, she's a big personality. 
you know, it takes a lot to sort of, you know, I, Tom must have the patience of a saint to, oh, to yeah. put up with her. <laughs> but like when she, you know, tries to be real, like if you're really in trouble, she's going to be there. And that's what I love. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Let's talk about, <laughs> oh, goodness. Let's talk about Adam, shall uh, we? <laughs> okay. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I can tell this is going to open a can of worms. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what's happened to Adam, but he is, I, I think it's in the next episode, Sam said, you know, you're a hot mess. And yeah, I'm like, that happens yes. in the next episode. I was uh-huh. like, yeah, yeah, yes, you are. Yes, he here, is. Here, here's the thing about Adam. He, he is about to propose to Stephanie last season. He was like ready to you know, I think he bought a ring. He was ready to yes. propose to her, but he, he feels called away to his mission. Okay. So far, so good. I mean, that's a conflict. He goes yeah. away onto his mission, meets this girl, Eileen, mm-hmm. for two months only. It's not like he's been gone a year. He's been gone two months. Uh-huh. He comes back and tells Stephanie, like, oh, you know, Stephanie tries to kiss him. And he's like, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm sort of with Eileen now. And just horrible. And doesn't tell her in the proper way or anything. But uh-uh. then... Eileen shows up and there's a moment when he, he's going to go in to kiss her. And, and, and that's when I sort of, as an audience member, realized, oh, they've never even kissed before. She like, goes in to kiss him even. Right. And it's, yeah. like, it's like you, you, you just dumped this woman who you were going to spend the rest of your life with, meaning Stephanie, for two months with this woman who you haven't even ever kissed. Like, what, what, where is your head? So <laughs> thank God at the end. When he comes back to Stephanie, t- tail between his legs, and was like, oh, yeah. you know, I miss you. Can we get back together? And Stephanie was like, no, 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 we can't because I don't trust you and nor should she. No, I completely agree. I, I thought, okay, so I'm in the minority on the Hallmarkies podcast team. I love Adam. I real I really loved him and Stephanie together in season six. A lot of the other girls they they don't like him as much, but I, I thought they were. I great. loved him more than I loved Vincent with Stephanie. That's for sure. They were all on Vincent team. Yes, I, they I'm were. On, I was okay. on team Adam, but okay. frankly, yes. I'm on team Wes, her ex husband. That's who she needs to get back with. When he was on, he was great. Yeah. But um, but uh, definitely Adam over Vincent. For sure. But not okay. new Adam. New Adam is like. No, 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 no. Not new Adam. Yeah. And so all of all of season six, when I was watching, I thought this guy is awesome. He's handsome. He's considerate. He's feeling. He's talkative. You know, this is great. This is wonderful for Stephanie. And then the whole mission thing. I mean, I'm a religious person. I can completely understand being called away. I just thought the timing was dumb. (laughs) And so so I was like, okay, fine, whatever. And then he comes back and I just went, you turned into a wishy-washy. Oh, (laughs) 100%. And it was only two months. If it had been like a year or something, you know, that would have been significant. It would have been different. But two months, if you can't stand two months away from the woman that you're potentially going to spend the rest of your life with, uh, you need to reevaluate your priorities. Yeah. And the the biggest mistake that Adam made in this episode was he said, could we just pretend the last two months didn't happen? And that's the problem. That's the problem with a lot of men is they say, let's pretend it never happened. But the women say, uh, no, it did happen. 
And so we need to talk about it. We need to resolve it and we need to move on from it, not sweep it under the rug and pretend it didn't happen. So, right. But I totally agree with Stephanie when she was saying that, how can she ever trust him again? How can oh, she trust I agree that, like, 100% on that one? Two yeah. months from now, he'll meet somebody else and be like, oh, but I really want this person. Because if he was willing to throw away the relationship for this you know, woman he met on a mission for two months, I mean, that's, you know. Yeah, no. and then and then he won't even commit to her. We're just like, what the heck is going on with you, Adam? You know, Adam is uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. New Adam is not good. New Something Adam, happened. no good. Yeah, new Adam, no good. Agreed. Completely. I do love when Joy was trying to get Stephanie to date, and and she put her on the dating website. Sparksy. Sparky. Sparky. Not not Tinder, but Sparks. You no, know, that's, Sparksy. 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 Right. <laughs> not Tinder. Not Tinder. It doesn't, it's not Tinder. It's Sparksy. No, no. But, um, you know, the other thing is in a small town like Middleton, presumably these people that are liking her on this, on this dating app are close by. I mean, wouldn't she kind of know everybody, especially since she has the cafe and like everybody comes there to the the bistro. Yes. But with online dating, the possibilities are endless, Randy. (laughs) That's what they say. But Stephanie wasn't interested. She does. She doesn't. She's not interested in dating right now, which is probably for the best. I agree. Yeah. Uh, but I do want somebody for Stephanie. I, I, I think she's such a, a wonderful character, and I, you know, I wish that she could find somebody again. I want Wes to come back, or when Ben was around, Ben was really good for her. I loved her with Ben. I, I think, really did. I think everybody loved her with Ben. I know. I don't know what happened. He just Well, I think left. the actor wasn't I know. It was anymore, the actor but... who left, but you know, we don't know what happened to the character of Ben. Oh no, they just but... mentioned oh since Ben moved out of town. Yeah. Did he go back to help his sister? I think he went to help his sister. I honestly do not Kansas, remember. I think. But I I think that probably the best line other than not exactly how I imagined our first kiss going, said by Eileen. I think the best line to describe what's going on with Adam is spontaneous is great as long as I have some warning. I'm like, oh <laughs> gosh, Adam. And you thought that this incredibly spontaneous person that you knew for two months was going to replace all of the amazing things that happened with Stephanie. Yeah, no, well, no. I'm just curious where they're planning to take Adam. Like, I am where so they're going. Curious where they're planning on taking Adam, and you know, are they trying? Are they desperately trying to keep Stephanie as the spinster restaurant owner? <laughs> Maybe, but I, I thought, frankly, they were going to write Adam off. I thought he would show up in this first episode, break I up with so Stephanie. Too, but he's still there. Down, but he's still around, so yeah. they must have some plans for him. I don't. I this is one area where I am not even going to try to make a prediction because I do not have any clue what's going on. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, neither do I. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, I don't know. For me, I'm a very hopeless romantic. And so when there's needless conflict, I'm all about, you know, conflict for moving the story along. But when there's needless conflict in a relationship, bugs me, bugs me horribly. <laughs> and so I'm just like, okay, they better be going somewhere really good because well, this is driving me nuts. Especially you know? when they have adult characters acting like they're in high school, you know, 
where it's like, oh, do you think he likes me? They did that a few seasons ago with, with I Abigail, know. I think. Like, can you ask him if he likes me? I was like, what are we in junior high? Well, let's talk about the gravel, the grime, and grease is the word. <laughs> There's Martha again. <laughs> okay, kiss your brain, you're brilliant. I said that when I taught children, you know, right. it's just, it really shows how to Martha, everyone is someone that she can pat on the head and take care of, you know, it's just, can I just say that if there was an era besides my own that I could live in, it would be the fifties. So for them to do this fifties night, I was on cloud nine. I was giggling and watching and I'm like, Oh, it's fifties night poodle skirts and, <laughs> and cheeseburgers. I, I thought it was great. I thought it well, was fabulous. I always find it funny in Middleton, whenever they have one of these events, where it's a, a, a period piece, everybody in town seems to be able to pull authentic period pieces just out of their the closet. right costumes right um <laughs> like stephanie and her little poodle skirt and then and then cassie's dresses and sandy and her yeah. leather right I mean, it, the, the look was great the look was fantastic yeah the and the and the cheeseburgers diner might oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> I do got to say, though, Adam was working that hula hoop. He he was I, I want to know how long that took him to to get that down. Or did he always or was he always able to do that before filming started? Yeah, it's, it's not really a skill most people have these days. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. And let's talk about the person who showed up at the end of movie night. Dr. Monica McBride in that beautiful dress that looked like she could be 50s, but at a school dance, not a movie in the park. Right. <laughs> so well, this is. Yeah, sorry. I, I was oh. going to say this is um this is the uh, the woman that, that Sam has just hired at the hospital and come to find out she's the girlfriend of uh, Grant, Grant, who's his, his, the hospital chief administrator or whatever his right. title is. I'm not a big fan of Grant. I mean, I don't think we're supposed to be. He's sort of like, you know. Uh, Just sort kind of, of there. He, he, he's like this antagonist for Sam, but but sort of not. And uh, I don't know where this storyline is going. Um, they, uh, um, you know, he asked her to marry him and then she said no because she has this like heart condition. And I have a, I don't know if this is like a one off thing or if they're going to continue this. I don't know either, because once again, it wasn't mentioned at all in episode three. So we don't really know. But I had a whole lot of return to me vibes. It, you know, that movie with Minnie <laughs> Driver do. and David Duchovny. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had a whole lot of return to me vibes and you know, the, the thing that I thought was so funny is, you know, in the movie Return to Me, he didn't know, Bob didn't know about Grace's condition, but right. in the, but here in Goodwitch, he knew about it. They talked about it and she still won't say yes to his proposal because she's afraid of how long she will or won't be around. I thought 
wait a minute. No, he's going into this thing. If she hadn't told him, that would be one thing. But he's right. walking into this relationship. He's walking into this proposal. Well, eyes wide open. So what's the problem? <laughs> exactly. No, that's exactly right. That's exactly my issue with this whole thing. Oh, good. <laughs> part of the part of the problem, not just with that storyline, but in these last couple of episodes, and, and this is just a, maybe a minor criticism, but it seems like we have so many characters and so many storylines going on. Yeah. Like way more than we used to. We used to, I think we used to get like, you know, three, maybe four storylines per episode. And now it seems like there's a dozen that we're trying to keep track of. Yeah, it must be a trend because When Calls the Heart did the same thing with their season eight this year. Really? So, <laughs> so that it must be a, a hallmark trend of some kind that there's starting this year to have a whole bunch of characters and set fire to the episodes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's just difficult to, I mean, I don't mind a lot of characters, but with so many storylines, like, it, you know, there's a lot of material and you still have the same amount of time per episode to try to cover, you know, all that stuff. And so some of it feels a little rushed, like the, that Grant Monica storyline, which could have been expanded upon if it was one of three storylines that we were doing, mm -hmm. but we did, you know, we were doing the brothers, the grease night, Adam and Eileen, um, uh, Vincent that we haven't talked about yet. Plus this storyline, you know, there's a lot going on in one episode. <laughs> it's a, it's a whole lot, but I do think that grease night, that fifties night ended very well with Sam and Cassie doing their 50s flirting <laughs> oh i i love the dancing and everything the silhouetted dancing and everything they did which is very much a grease thing to do yeah very and great. um I, I love it when they do fun stuff like that yeah um and, and sort of make it a little bit different yeah that that was that was really funny okay let's talk about vincent because okay. he's taking a very very big step right here he's thinking about becoming a foster dad and that's all because he met michael a foster kid right so, i haven't been the biggest fan of vincent and i'm still sort of not he always, but but this new storyline is is better for him um, early on when he was a potential Stephanie date, I, I just, I always felt he was a little dishonest. I didn't, I didn't, you know, he's a little sketchy for me. No, you have a point. Yeah. Um, and, and so now it's a little bit different. Um, I don't, um, I would love to see more about the mother, about him trying to find his, his birth mother, mm -hmm. which has sort of led him to Michael because Michael was apparently living in the house that he yeah. thought you know, but, but she was no longer there. Right. And so I don't know if that's going to be, if they're going to come back to the mother thing or if that's now a dead end and it's going to become about him becoming a foster uh, parent, which is fine. I just don't really care that much about that character. Just to be, to be honest with you, there's so <laughs> many characters. It's like, I don't really need another one. He's not grabbing you, huh? He's not. What are your <laughs> feelings? Um, I'm fine with Vincent. I do like that Cassie has family. You know, and the more family that they surround her with, the more connected we to, we feel to her past. And the other thing is she has so many women that it's kind of nice to have a brother in the mix. That's true. You know? 
Yeah. So I like him for that reason. I'm not emotionally invested in him, but I'm fine watching him. Does that make sense? Sure. Absolutely. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of the same way. I, I don't get repelled when he's on screen. Oh, that's but, good. Uh, I just, I just, you know, uh, my, my, my attention wanes just a little bit because I just, I don't really care that much about that character, but that can change if they do a really interesting storyline. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll be down for that. I would have liked to see, Maybe not, maybe not the birth mother is found in this episode, but it does kind of seem, especially since he wasn't in episode number three, it very much feels like they've kind of given up on the birth mother that, oh, well, uh, we didn't find my birth mother, but I found the kid that I'm probably going to foster. Great. You know, I'm like, wait, hold it, hold it. You really, really wanted to find your birth mother. Abigail was talking about how big of a step it was. And now it's kind of, once again, swept under the rug, you know? I suspect they'll be bringing it back uh, because it does seem to be too big of a thing to just sweep under the rug like that. Yeah. So I suspect it'll come back when they have time for it. <laughs> Let, let's hope. <laughs> We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode, and that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. All right. Well, that brings us to episode number three, The Delivery. So I have to admit, when I saw the beginning of this episode, I went, whoa, wait a minute. Bailey's coming back for a special guest star appearance? And then I saw her name in the credits. I'm like, oh, okay, yes, she is coming back. And then that kind of threw me for a loop. I was like, oh, well, okay. It's a I had seen I had seen the preview of the of the episode where they had mentioned like oh you know Grace is coming back to town uh-huh. and then there had been some social media where uh, Bailey had interacted and everything so I thought oh maybe she's coming back for a guest appearance and they sort of you know teased that throughout I mean especially once you see her name in the credits which of course they can't do anything about that because I mean she's appeared so they they have to put her name in the credits Absolutely. but it, it was really kind of a cheat that we get like two seconds of her at the end of the episode on a screen <laughs> on, on a screen now part of that could be if bailey's not in canada and they were shooting this during covid like she can't go up very I true mean, she, would, she would have to go up and quarantine as as all the main cast had to do like mm -hmm. like Catherine bell and everybody and if she's down doing other things i mean but they wanted her so she could have done that from her house you know and, and done that and Easy. sent it up so i i just think that if you're going to do it because she was such a huge part of the show, you need to do more than that. Uh, you sort of teased that it was going to be more than that. And then it was nothing. 
I, I do agree. If you're, if you're going to bring back a character like Grace, because she was such a huge character for so long and, you know, she moved on, she wanted to do other projects. I totally respect that of Bailey, but yeah, I, I do agree with you that if they're going to bring her back, then bring her back at least for an episode, but we got five seconds on a screen. I, I thought, mm, well, the season well, and, is young, you know? Right. And they've also now set it up. So, because I remember when um, last season, when they mentioned that, oh, all of a sudden she's uh, studying abroad in Spain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's a good reason because Nick kept showing back up and Nick was going to school in California. Now, right. like, well, well, Grace is supposed to be going to, you know, literally like an hour away going to college. So why wouldn't yeah. she keep showing back up? But sending her to Spain is what did it. And now she's in, in Italy uh, doing her internship. So they've got to keep her far enough away that guest visits aren't likely to happen. Yeah. But, um, I mean, maybe she'll come back, you know, for, I don't think she'll ever be back as a regular, but I think oh, I'd no, love no. to see her back as a, as a guest spot, you know, from time to time. I think that, I think having her back as a special guest star would be a really great way to keep the storyline consistent and just to keep the love of the character alive. And, And then just to be real, you know, daughter comes home for a couple of days to visit in between college semesters or something like that. Right. I'm the guy that still wants Lori and Brandon to come back for visits from time to time. So, I mean, and we haven't, (laughs) I mean, we've seen Brandon, but we haven't seen Lori since like season one. So, I mean, that's not likely to happen anytime soon, but I I hold out hope. (laughs) Keep hoping. (laughs) Keep that hope alive. I I loved Lori and Brandon, and when they stopped coming around, I was very sad. But Same. oh well, you know, because <laughs> they're the kids that started it all. You know, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I I really did adore those characters, but you know, que sera, sera. <laughs> Time time marches on. Time marches on. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about those, uh, baby shower memories. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about these flashbacks. Um, oh my. well, the funny thing is I remember, not that I ever noticed these kind of things, but I remember seeing one of the previews and seeing a picture of Abigail with that sort of straight and bangs and everything. Yeah. And for, and I didn't know it was going to be a flashback. I thought, is that her new hairdo? from now on and I was like oh that's bad that's really bad that that they should that's a no that's a no for me but luckily it was just in the flashbacks yeah but it was a flashback phew the, the flashbacks brought up some continuity problems um first of all they were doing this all in gray house and at the time that Cassie had her baby she wasn't living in gray house she was living at Jake's house and I understand production yep. wise you know why they're going to do this but they were, you know, and, and Abigail, although she does visit from time to time, they mentioned she had met Grace when she was a baby and everything. So I guess this was on one of her visits. And she even said, like, oh, I live in New York. I'm never going to live in Middleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I mean, it was fun sort of seeing the flashbacks. I don't know that they serve what purpose they, they necessarily served. Um, I will say another sort of continuity error. And may, again, I'm probably the only one that cares about these sort of things. When oh they no, were doing, I very much care about continuity. You when go they were right doing, ahead, my friend. When they were doing their yoga, that little yoga scene, yes. there, there's a piano in that room. Sam brought that piano in in like season 
three or four. There was no piano in that room until a few years ago. Um, but again, I, I mean, who cares? But they could have moved that piano out. They could have moved that piano out. But anyway. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I thought they were cute. I thought it was sweet to do the whole reminiscing thing. I did, I really, really wondered at the very end about um, Cassie picking up the baby. For a split second, I thought, is she helping out with, uh, with the Tinsdale's new baby? Mm. And, and then I looked and I went, oh, wait, her hair's long. This is a flashback, right. you know, because it went, it went kind of, it went kind of from one thing to another, and so I thought, wait a minute, is, is this, uh, is is this her helping out? And well, then I took a look at the hair. And went, oh wait, no, 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 this is another flashback. And then she looks straight at the camera. I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> and then they panned back, and it was on the screen. I thought, oh, that's a great great piece of cinematography that was so, a really nice transitional piece it was uh, a very sure. good transition yes because um, uh, i said the same thing she starts i was because she's obviously talking to jake and at first i thought oh it's a little cheesy that like i know we're not getting the actor who plays jake so we're just going to have her looking sort of off camera there at jake but never see jake but then of course you realize jake's shooting it on his home camera that's what the whole point of it is so right. that was that was nice i did like that i thought that yeah, was a nice that, touch. i i started out not liking it and then when they panned back i went oh that's brilliant because yeah they couldn't get chris they couldn't get chris potter probably yeah i'm sure not, yeah. he's because he's doing heartland and i don't know what the schedule is like but Heartland was the whole reason why he couldn't come and do the Good Witch series and why they killed off the character of Jake is because right. there was too many conflicts. And so, yeah, I was with you. I, I, I thought, oh, no, please don't. And then it was a video that Sam and Cassie were watching together. I said, OK, OK, I can handle that. I do. I do think. I don't know. This this is a little strange for me. I've never lost a spouse, so I don't know what that is like. But it seemed like the only emotion Cassie was experiencing was her missing grace. And I can completely understand that she has healed from Jake's death and she's moved on from Jake's death and obviously she has opened her heart enough again to date Sam, marry Sam and they're settled in their life together but I I just I thought that maybe we would see the tiniest little bit of a soft spot for the fact that Jake or a mention of the fact that Jake took this video and I thought oh that's kind of I interesting the, i thought the same thing i mean and, and in real life oh that you did okay I, I absolutely thought the same thing on the other hand there was so much jam-packed into this episode like another emotional beat that isn't really part of the you know the story they're trying to tell would be just a little too much because i mean this whole episode cassie's only story really in this whole episode was about being an empty nester and missing grace yeah. and you know grace is making these decisions on her own she just she picked this internship and didn't consult cassie and you know right. that's what they do and as sam says you know you've taught her to make her own decisions and to be an independent woman and that's what she's doing and 
you know, it, it's, it's very realistic. I mean, I'm sure mothers, that's how they feel like their children go out into the world. And of course they still see them as their little babies, but they're out there making their own independent choices. I have four children. The oldest is 10. And when they make independent decisions, it, it gets me a little weepy. So yeah, I, <laughs> I, I can totally understand. However, I do, I do love the way that number one, Sam didn't get jealous because they could have played it that way. Right. They could have played it as Sam getting jealous of the relationship between Cassie and Grace or jealous of the time that Jake had with her that Sam didn't blah, blah, blah. And they didn't, they made him totally supportive, which I thought was great, but I love when he came home for lunch and you know, you didn't have to leave me a message. Oh, you didn't have to leave a message for me. I'm right here. Right. Right. Which you came home to <laughs> check on me. Definitely. <laughs> and, and then he talks about, dropping Nick off for his first day of kindergarten. And then do I interrupt your stories? Mine are uplifting. I'm getting there. You know, just really great husband and wife banter and how he, I, asked, I the, how he asked the teacher for antiseptic and a bandaid. You know? <laughs> I, I loved at the end of that scene when, when Cassie says something like, Oh, you're, you seem to be really intuitive. And Sam's like, yeah, maybe you'll pick up on it one day. <laughs> so funny so funny and you know I mean it just shows how comfortable how intuitive Sam and Cassie are to each other and how he really learned has learned because you know for so long Sam Sam was thrown by a loop uh, was thrown for a loop every time Cassie came into the picture, but he really has settled into a rhythm where he knows what to expect, but is still surprised by her. And they know how to help each other. They know what make each other tick. And they, they don't really, I mean, I'm fine with couple strife, but like I said, at the beginning, when they just have drama for drama's sake, it bothers me. And so they have real couple problems. They have real couple joys and they're just very comfortable with each other. So there doesn't have to be a lot of drama between them. So I, I it's, it's I kind also of comforting love, to watch that. I, I also love that they do have, they have real couple problems, but yeah. they also deal with them in a mature way. Like adults? Yes, exactly right. They, they're like, they identify, I'm talking about this for last week when they're like, oh, we don't get to spend enough time together. Yeah. So they've identified the problem. And uh-huh. instead of getting like, well, you should quit your job or you should quit your job or some other, you know, juvenile thing. They're like, okay, well, what can we do? Let's, let's figure out what the solution to this problem is in, in a mature way. And that's, you know, that's what's so great about their relationship. It is. Well, you know, what everybody else around them is acting like juveniles, somebody's got to be the grown up. You know? <laughs> it's true. So, so that's, that's a great, that's a great way to wrap up, to wrap up Cassie and Sam. So let's go to that little baby, little baby Tommy, which I thought was something interesting that I did not see coming. I didn't think that they would name her Martha, but I did not see Tommy 
So. I thought they were going to name her Martha. I, I oh, said really? that I think last week. I thought, oh, that seemed like the way they'll go. And, you know, obviously they knew people were thinking that because they sort of like put that out there and then didn't do it. Yeah. I don't really, I mean, okay, they've named their baby girl Tommy. That's a little odd, but okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm down for it. Uh, I, this, the whole, you know, baby thing when earlier, I mean, maybe it's just me and, but when she was, when they were showing her being pregnant in that little green thing, I thought, oh, she's going to have twins? Because she seems so big. Now, obviously, it's because she was ready to have those babies right she then and there. She was ready to baby. pop, yep. <laughs> but I literally was like, oh, I wonder if they're going to do twins. Um, but they did not. But yeah, so now there's baby Tommy, and they're going to be moving to Middleton. Right? Yes, so we have more characters. Yay! <laughs> Great, just, just what we just what we needed. Now there was a new actor playing Dylan too. I thought that was I thought that was an interesting choice. We've had well, I think three different actors playing. Is Dylan. that not the same one that played him uh, last season? No, no the the one last season had blonde hair and it was more wavy. This is very straight uh, straight laced and and uh, cut short and he's dark and yeah, completely different actor. Hmm. Interesting, because he's. I think, according to the credits, it's the same guy. Um, really? Just, yeah, he may just be looking different. I mean, I, I don't know this for a fact. I'm. I'm. I'm I, I feel very uh, after my grease thing. I feel very uh, hesitant <laughs> about saying anything for sure. Um, so I don't want to say anything for sure. But maybe I'm. Maybe I'm. Uh, I mean, he did look different. A different season. So. Well, you know. Okay. Well, you know. There's the two sons that they've had, right? Dylan and 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 Michael, right? And so Michael was the one from a few seasons ago who like came into town and didn't have a job. Okay, I'm thinking of Michael. Right, that's I, the other that, son. That's my problem. Okay, I'm thinking of Michael. Okay, right. that's that clears. Who that also up. got married at the end of that little run? Remember, he got married and then they moved out. So yeah, this is the older son. This is like the different son. She has two sons. Got it. Got but, it. But um. But yeah, so may, I mean, maybe they'll be they'll be back there. We'll have more grandmama uh, Martha scenes, which oh, yeah. could always be fun. And I I do like there there are two things about this storyline that I thought were really poignant. Uh, number one, I really like the way they made the transition from the baby shower. You know, if they're going to do the baby shower, then they had. Cassie asking Martha to stand in as mayor while she's on maternity leave. Right. And Martha saying, I don't think I'll make a good mayor. <laughs> and of course, we all know that she's born for it. And then Cassie goes into labor and it transitions immediately into Claire going into labor. And nobody panic. But there's an elm blocking all the cars. I'm like, oh my gosh, really? <laughs> so it's just, I was just glad that at least Sam was there, you know. That right, was right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I thought I thought it was gonna be fun. I mean, because Sam was there, but I would have loved it if Martha would have had to, to like deliver the baby. Can you imagine? Oh gosh, no, I don't trust Martha to deliver the baby. <laughs> but- <laughs> I, I I don't know. I mean, she would have taken very good care of Claire, but I don't know. There's some, I don't think that Martha could have handled the blood. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but the second thing that it did is 
it finally got Tom to realize that he wants to be around for a good long time. And so he better keep up on himself. Yeah. Well, there was that whole thing about, he didn't want to go see a doctor and we don't really know why other than just, is he like just phobic and doesn't want to see a doctor, but yeah, it kind of came out of left field. I can't imagine a, a, a man of his age, like not seeing a doctor for 30 years. I mean, I guess it happens, but I guess, um, <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's so good, but he is going to go to the, I'm, I'm curious if they're going to follow that storyline and he'll go to see a doctor and there will be some problem. I, mm, that, that's a really, really good point because I, I'm hoping that this was the wake up call that gets it in time for him, but I guess we'll just have to see now. Okay. Adam and George in the old church. What yeah. do you make of that? Well, I thought this might have been the way that they were going to keep Adam around is that they were going to like, he was going to go and start uh, preaching at that church. Like, go, but, go then ahead. They, yeah. but then they, but then they, you know, and then it was like, oh, it's going to get torn down. And then they were like, well, can we, can we make it a historical uh, landmark or whatever? And, and Martha was like, no, because nobody important has ever been, has ever been uh, married there, which led to the first mention of George's wife in an eon ever um, uh, <laughs> uh, for the longest time. Yeah. But, you know, we've confirmed that they haven't completely forgotten about her, but um, so I don't know where they're going with that. That was sort of the end of it, right? They, they said, Oh, it's, you can't do it. And they're like, Oh, well, we, we, we missed out on that, but surely they're going to follow through on that. I hope so, because it, it was something else that came out of left field. And it's really funny because I talked about trends and Hallmark this year. They brought a new family onto When Calls the Heart this year for season eight. And the father of the family ends up being the pastor of the town and the town hasn't had a pastor in years a permanent one anyway and so when i saw this episode i started giggling a little bit i just went oh my gosh are we gonna make adam the new pastor just like we had in when calls the heart but then the whole historical landmark and it not and it not being probable kind of threw me for a loop and i just went huh, are we, I mean, because what I thought is it gives Adam a chance to kind of reevaluate his priorities because like Sam says, he's a hot mess. He is a hot mess. He is a hot mess right now. I, I even wrote it down because I thought this was so funny. So let me get this straight, please. You got no job, check. You got no mission, check, check. And you got no Stephanie, triple check. You are a hot mess. (laughs) Sam, I could not agree more. And so I thought that this was going to give him a purpose. You know, I thought that this was going to give him a way to reevaluate his priorities, kind of get his mind and his heart straight, give him something else to focus on. Well, remember, come back wiser, but. Remember at the very, at the very end of the episode, Martha mentioned, well, you could move the church, like somebody bought the land. So I have a feeling we're going to get, like, they're literally going to do one of those things where you lift up the building and like move it over to different lots or whatever. Do you think they're going to do that? 
I, I, I suspect they will. That because, like, will obviously, be one heck of a crane, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I've seen it done on TV shows before. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it can also be done in real life. You hear about these things. I've never actually seen it. But yeah, you just lift the building up off of its foundations and you truck it over to some other new lot. I mean, I think that we'll, we'll see where that goes. But I, I suspect that that's, um, that that's where, uh, that, that's where, uh, where it's going to go. The biggest thing that I ever saw moved was uh, my playhouse that my family built for me when I was seven and gave to me for Christmas. <laughs> it was a really, really small, it was, it was kind of a one room cottage and it was on our front driveway and we moved it to the backyard and it's been there ever since. So that's 30 years. You know? <laughs> and so it just, that's the biggest thing that I've ever seen moved by a crane. And, you know, then I've seen mobile homes on a on the back of a trailer but that church seems a little big to pick up and move so it will be very interesting if they actually do literally pick it up and move it i i suspect that's where it's going but you know i mean who knows i mean it wouldn't be the first time they sort of start down one path sort of like vincent's mom and then yeah. just take a left turn into something else um but obviously adam's going to stick around for a while yeah i i mean like I said, I loved Adam last season, not liking him this season. So I'm hoping that he'll redeem himself because <laughs> if he doesn't, then I will be very interested to see what they do with him. So speaking of Adam, let's talk about his incredibly recent ex bumping into somebody who looks a lot younger than she does, who turns out to be a French teacher. <laughs> yeah, I mean, was um, bonkers. <laughs> it was a little it was a little odd. I mean, I, I wish that they had done it so that like, you know, so Stephanie's going to do this thing, take a French class just to sort of like because she earlier in the season, she was talking about how it is all I am the bistro. I want to do something more. And so taking right. French and maybe she'll go to Paris for a cooking class or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. But meeting this guy. I mean, I realize that they're trying to set this up like a relationship thing, but I hope two things. I hope, hope it, it doesn't really go anywhere that they just like, she realizes she's not ready to date, but they sort of got to mention the age difference. Right. I mean, I don't have a problem with that age distance necessarily, but it's gotta be mentioned. I mean, he's, she's gotta it's be 15 years old. Pretty significant. <laughs> right. At well, that actor, like it. That actor, I mean, I looked him up. Oh, because I know that actor. He he was on Degrassi for years, right? Uh -huh. Um, uh, playing Drew, and um, he's twenty seven in real life. Now I couldn't find how old uh Kylie Evans is, and uh, but I mean, she's got to be in her early forties, right? That's what I. That's what I'm thinking. I. I mean, she looks her. great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, she looks oh, fantastic. No, she looks but, fabulous. I, mean, I interviewed be... her once, and I interviewed her once, and she was. She was fabulous, but she was not 27. I can tell right, you that. Right, exactly, exactly. So, and again, I don't have a problem with that, but I, they should bring it up. I mean, who knows where it's going to go? I think it's. I think this is a uh, a, a red herring uh, as far as a relationship for Stephanie is concerned. I was going to ask you, what do you think? Do you think that this is a red herring or do you think they're actually going to go somewhere with this? What's your opinion? I, I think it'll go down the path a little bit and this will cause Stephanie to realize that she's still not ready to date 
Um, or maybe they just go out on a couple of dates and have some fun. And she's like, yeah, this is not my forever guy, but Hey, I can get back out on the dating scene. Maybe this will just be the thing that jumpstarts her to start dating again, but somebody, you know, more, uh, more appropriate for her. Not that he's not appropriate. I mean, we don't know enough about him yet, but yeah, we don't, but we know that he is not very physically careful. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's also hard for me because I, I watched him for so long as drew on Degrassi where he right. was kind, kind of a punk. He was kind of a, you know, kind of a, a of a snarky kind of a, not always a nice person. Well, he was I a mean, snarky punk here too. So exactly. So <laughs> if he, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't the least bit polite. You know, and that whole creme, that whole creme brulee debate. I, I right. just went. Oh no, Stephanie! Don't no 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 no! Don't don't engage! See, no don't. Just just like Stephanie was convinced that her creme brulee was better than the French chef's creme brulee, mm. I was convinced that Greece took place in 1961 when it took place in 1958. <laughs> so I I feel for Stephanie in this episode. I feel her pain. Um, I understand, and uh, just as she said, she'll be eating crow. I do the same. Well, I will happily switch out your crow for pigeon. How's that? (laughs) (laughs) A carrier pigeon (laughs) to carry the message. Oh my goodness. But yeah, I, I was a little, I mean, obviously because of the previews, we had a warning, but I was a little thrown by that. I just went, wait a sec. He there, are they actually going somewhere with this? okay, this is going to be interesting. And, you know, I thought that the whole class was going to get to do a taste test, but she said that she would rather do the apology without an audience. I'm like, okay, somebody's chicken. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I mean, we'll see where they go with it. I, I suspect they won't go far, but I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Do you, um, think, do you think that going out on a couple of dates with him will... Uh, will kind of get her to see that she and Adam are still a good thing? I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Unless Adam turns himself around, which I mean, is always possible. Everybody can be redeemed. But currently, uh, Adam 2.0, no. Uh, Adam Adam 2.0 is not all that impressive. No. Not, not even a little bit. So no. Yeah. And it's a, you know, I thought about that. I thought about that possibility because Stephanie says on fifties night, she says that, you know, she needs to go out there and find what she's missing because she sat around and waited for Adam uh, during his mission, which why didn't she just kind of find herself while he was gone? I don't know. But, um, But, you know, she says, don't make the same mistake I did. Don't wait for me. And so I'm wondering if in finding herself, she'll kind of be like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. She goes out to find something spectacular and finds out that what she really loves is what she's doing here at home. And she wants to improve herself, but home is going to be the best thing. And, but the only way I will be 
satisfied with her going back to Adam is if he redeems himself, which so far he has not. He has not. <laughs> and, and that's going to be a long road for redemption. Again, like he tried yeah. to at the end be like, oh, let's just get back together. And she's like, no. And thank God no. she was like, no, absolutely not. So that's good. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps things up for this episode of Hallmarkies Podcast. Randy, thanks so much for hashing things out. Sure, thank you. I know we missed a couple of things, but we're we're running out of time, so I guess we'll just have to save them for later. And you can find me at uh, a lot of places. You can find me on Hardy's Hotline and Deliver Me a Podcast. You can find me here also on Hallmarkies Podcast. And don't forget to follow us here at Hallmarkies Pod and Hallmarkies Podcast all over social media. Don't forget our merch store and our Patreon group with lots of great merch for you to buy for your for the Hallmark lover in your life. And we have a lot of great events that are coming up with our Patreon. So be sure to check that, check that out and join us. And we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.